Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hey there, how's it going? It's going well, how are you? I am doing excellent on this Wednesday, December 22nd episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is already two days what two days till christmas eve three yep, days three till days christmas. christmas that's crazy i know right year's that's almost done almost done i guess this is a good uh opportunity to uh, announce that we will not be having an episode on friday due to christmas eve due of to course. christmas eve <laughs> yep so we will take that time off and expect you will probably be doing the same with your family chilling and yeah, enjoying, enjoying the holidays um so that's a little housekeeping uh, that we need to uh, address. And then the other bit of housekeeping is, uh, to, is it today or was it? It was yesterday. Yesterday was the one-year anniversary of the umyasports.com website. Yes, indeed. So a year of uh, tracking the latest and greatest sports headlines from across the Internet um, and consolidating that, curating that for other people so that uh, they don't have to do that. Yes, indeed. So if you haven't uh, checked out the umyasports.com website, I suggest you do that. It's a great place to go and refresh throughout the day to get your latest sports headlines, uh, memes. Uh, <laughs> and news. You know, yeah, and yeah. news. Um, and it's pretty cool. You, you don't just hit the, uh, the national um, sort of well-known sites, but you also scour the local websites uh, where all the teams are located and, and try to find the best content and bring it all together uh, for people so that they don't have to spend their time doing that. Yeah. So, awesome. We appreciate that. Very good. All right. Well, let's dig into uh, to this episode for today. Um, interesting, uh, interesting week in the NFL. We had games moved around, so we've had... Uh, Monday night games, Tuesday night games, I think... Uh, There's a Saturday game this week. Yeah, yeah, is there a Wednesday night game? No. No, this is the only day that there isn't, and then we pick Wednesday, it back Friday, up. Wednesday, Friday, and that's it. And we pick back up Thursday Saturday. night football. Yeah, yeah, Thursday and Saturday. And then there's going to be Saturday NFL again as college is done. So, uh, But been an interesting week. The Buccaneers played the Saints uh, on Sunday night, and uh, just revisiting that game for a minute, that was a pretty... Lopsided um, game. Well, it was lopsided, but it was also a very impactful game in that Tampa lost three of their starters on the offense. Three of those weapons that Brady counts on are now gone. Godwin's out for the season with an ACL tear from a, a crazy hit yep. um, that looked pretty scary. It looked pretty worse scary. than it was. Yeah, it look, well, I mean, it was bad, but I, it, it looked bad for other reasons than it turned out to be. But um, but now he is out for uh, for the season. So with all these injuries happening are the Bucks in trouble as they try to close out this season and go into the playoffs? You definitely want to be heading into the playoffs as healthy as, as possible, and, and this is not a good situation um, right now, I think, for the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, you lost, what, you lost Fournette for the rest of the season, so they go out and sign Bell to try to patch things up. Uh, like you said, you lose Godwin, and then you lose Levante David on the defense end, and you're trying to clean things up on... In the quarterback situation, or quarterback situation, then the safety situation, and they're just kind of they're taking a little bit of a beating as far as their injury, injuries are concerned on their team. But they have like three weeks to try to see what they can do with pieces that are normally their workhorses being out. We'll see exactly how they're able to recover from it and how long inside of the uh, playoffs that these players will be out. Um, I saw today that Tampa dropped to like third seed in the NFC. Yeah. Dallas moved into second, and the Green Bay Packers are solidifying their spot. 
uh, in the top of that division at this point. But they've got to just find a way to make sure everything's kind of staying staying as good as they can put together. Make sure they don't take that big of a fall off. Uh, but it's hard, especially in this type of situation when you lose these types of players that have become the staple of your offense. I haven't seen anything on, on Mike Evans, but he also took an injury in that game. Uh, but it just seemed like this entire year the Bucks just failed to stay healthy throughout the entire thing and still somehow are 10-4, and four, which is a good record considering what they've had to go through this last couple of weeks. But it say, I mean, they'd have, they probably will win a few more of the games regardless if they have... Uh, uh, Godwin because they're going to get Antonio Brown back I believe here soon and then Bell could do a, a decent job in the run game but they still have Ronald Jones, Tom Brady they have got and then yeah. Scotty that could also make a little bit of an impact. Yeah. He hasn't done much this season but he was big. And You just need to see them get into the groove, get some chemistry and you know having a, a week of practice in the starting lineup should help. Yeah should these help. guys I, I don't think it's uh, I, I don't think you can count out a, a team that has Tom Brady um, because he can do a lot with many different pieces, and we've seen some of these other guys that are still healthy in this lineup do things for this offense. I don't think it's uh, too dire, and plus they've got time. they got about three weeks, and then the playoffs, so if they can scrape together a few more wins and keep it close to the number one seed, they might be able to maybe overtake it if they can win enough games and then get a rest and get guys healthy. Yeah, I feel like they're kind of a little bit on the outside looking in at this point, and they've got some cards stacked against them, at least in terms of getting out of the regular season um and 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 getting the conference uh number one number one oh, yeah. seed but uh we'll see what happens you never want to count tom brady out particularly uh, an angry tom brady so <laughs> um you know one of the things that he was angry about in that game uh coming out and he uh in his podcast that he does uh was calling for a rule change um where defenseless receivers can't get hit low in the knees um right now there's a rule can't hit high uh, yep. um and the argument is well if we can't hit high we can't hit low then you know where can we hit, where can we hit? yeah uh, but i think a lot from from what i've seen a lot of players prefer uh maybe upper body hits to, to lower body hits because they can be so destructive um as we've seen with uh with godwin now out for the season with the acl injury um what do you think about rule changes like this, where the game is is sort of softened from yeah. from from what it what it has been, and and you create a situation where the defend the defenders have to think. like almost have to think have to and think run through hit. all the rules before they actually launch off and, and mm -hmm. hit. Um, that you'd have to think that's going to have an impact uh, on the game over time. I think right now there's been so many new rules that the NFL has added that gives the refs so much power to. I mean, not even defensively, but like you can't. There's like you can't hit low when you're blocking. You can't hit the quarterback high, even if you're trying to make a tackle and your head accidentally hits their head. That's a flag somehow. Now you take one step. You hit. There's so many rules that defensive players have to think of at this point before they make a decision. Like you said, that I just think adding another thing is kind of useless at this point. Also, when you're making a tackle, the first thing you look for is the legs because that's the motor of the player. If you're gonna bring him down, hardly ever can you just hit him in the upper body and bring him down successfully unless you have a swarm of other players to help. Normally, you just go low, take their legs out, and then they'll they'll fall down because that's yeah. the only way they can stand upright. If you're going to make a defender have to think, like you said before, they can make a play, you're going to see a lot less uh, deflections, interceptions, all this stuff. Players are going to become really nervous about how they're playing. It'd be kind of like the Pro Bowl. Like everyone doesn't want to get injured, so right. they don't really hit all that hard. Yeah, and that's like no we one all know we love to watch the Pro Bowl too, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like, why are we like? I understand you don't want to have players 
careers ended on an injury like that. Yeah, it's just but, moving more and more toward flag football. Right. It's, this is the NFL here. Players are launching themselves like missiles, and they're not. They're not being dirty. They're not hitting you high or anything like that. They're playing by the rules. Let's not add another level of complication into this game. And also, it just makes the NFL, it makes the offense like it makes everything super easy for them because defenders literally watching the NFL this year has become kind of hard because it just seems like every little thing they do is going to be a flag. Like we saw it in the the Bears game against the Vikings. The Vikings player was going in for a sack. He was landing. And his face mask accidentally touched the face mask of uh, Justin Fields. And they threw a fly saying it was roughing the passer. But I'm like, it's just a sag. That that just, that just happened. So I, I, don't, I don't agree that we should be adding another point of emphasis for the NFL to jump onto. Because when they jump onto something, it becomes a bit annoying. Yeah. Uh, but I just think, just leave that, that in there. I, I get it. Um, maybe you can just have the coaches talk to the players about it. Don't make it a 15-yard penalty on top of it because sure. it's just it just happens. You're not the players aren't all maliciously trying to end someone's no, career. You got to be able you got to be able to tackle, and that's the best way. To, you're not going to be like, okay, tackle Derrick Henry. Don't hit him low. <laughs> yeah, good, good luck. luck. Good luck. We'll see you in a few days. <laughs> good luck. Let's just watch. Let's just watch uh, Derrick, Derrick Henry, Henry have six touchdowns yeah, and up and down the field, for sure. Um, the Cardinals. Uh, played the Lions. Should have been an easy win. Should have been. However, was not an easy win. In fact, it turned out to be an easy quite, loss. quite a loss. Um, what does this mean for the Cardinals? I know you have been uh, you have been looking for a Cardinals decline uh, for some time, been predicting that uh, that they would fall off pretty dramatically as the season has rolled on, and we're starting to see that. Um, and obviously, you, you don't want to lose uh, to the Lions ever, <laughs> um, particularly this season. Um, so, so what do you make of what's happening with the Cardinals as, as we do close in on the playoffs here? Uh, two things. Honestly, one, uh, basically a side note, the, uh, I guess that's something we'll talk about in a minute. But with that win, Lions are no longer the worst team in the NFL. That's the Jaguars now. Secondly, I think the, I think the Arizona Cardinals, we talked about this a lot about like how they'll lose. But in this game, they just it was defensively where they were the weakest. The Lions basically got their way in everything. The run game, ripping off huge runs countless times. The the passes were easy little passes that were like five yards down the field that were turning into 10, 15-yard passes. Uh, they hardly ever threw it 30, 20 yards plus. I don't think they ever did it in the first few quarters. Um, they had like one play that was roughly the passer that was a deeper pass, but most of them are just short passes. And then they were getting backed up by their defense, and they did exactly what they, uh, what we were talking about that they should do. Him and Kyler Murray, because when you do that, he's just a guy that, like, street street football, backyard yeah. football, whatever you want to call it. He's just running back there, zigzagging, hope, hope, hoping to get free, and then just try to launch it. But if you stay on, in your lane and you stay in front of him, you can get sacks, you can make him make mistakes, he can throw interceptions. There's a lot you can do to him, and we saw the Lions do that to him. And it's it's unfortunate to lose to the Lions and make them two and eleven and one, but I still think, I think because with this one they would have locked up their playoff spot, but now they're further down uh, in the seating. Um, I think they're like fourth or something like that. They lost Hopkins, which I don't think can be an excuse for a loss like this because Hopkins, yes, he's a big part of the offense, but you still have plenty of guys left over. I just think it's one of those things that we're uh, Kyler Murray has be, had an issue. I mean, you've probably seen it too. He throws all his passes like really high for whatever reason. All his passes are like either catchable or uncatchable just by a few inches. And every single one of his passes are really, really high. I don't know if he's just trying to put it above the defenders or what he's doing, but oh, most of the passes, they, all the players have to reach up to get it. 
But the Lions stopped them and did not give them a single touchdown. I believe they had nine points yeah. in the entire thing. That was all field goals um, that they got, which is not uh, not a pretty sight, especially against this Lions team. But I think I think the blueprint of how to beat the Lions is out there. They lost back-to-back games. They've lost against the Green Bay Packers You're earlier. You're talking about the Cardinals, the playbook to get the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals, but they yeah. lost to the Rams. Yeah. Um, so I think, and we, I mean, they talked about it. I think, and even the Lions didn't do that great a job of hemming in the wide receivers. Did a decent job with Kyler Murray, but with the wide receivers, they were still finding ways to get open. But they also kind of shot themselves in the foot with missed passes, uh, missed uh, catches opportunities, and weren't able to catch the ball as much as they really should have. So I think, as far as their hopes to get into the playoffs, we talked about their record. I think they've got a chance to win a few more games. Um, if they can clean things up and get to back to where they normally are. But if they can't, I mean, I wouldn't be that surprised. Honestly, I wasn't surprised to see them lose this game. I figured they were, the fall-off was coming. But regardless if they're able to clean things up, I think they're going to struggle mightily in the playoffs uh, because playoff teams are about 10 to 15% better than, or, yeah, 10-15% better than they were yeah. in the regular season just because they've faced... They've gone through trial by fire many sure. times, yep. and now they're the best version of themselves they can possibly be. And I feel like the Cardinals are still lacking um, the adversity. They were too, they cruised too much at the beginning, and now they're facing their first little adversity. I think it's too late in the season to be experiencing your first little bit of adversity, and that's why we're seeing this type of fall-off that we're seeing right now. Um, and they didn't have to deal with this. They didn't have to change very much. Uh, and I think... At this point, even if they were uh, able to implement a reasonable game plan, I think it's too mu- too little, too late. And I, I also think, like I mentioned in the last podcast, I think it's a lot to do with Kyler Murray and his game play. I think uh, I think he's a liability to this team. I think pocket passers are a uh, are the best thing you could ask for at, at, as a team. I, I think getting a guy that's able to move out of the pocket and make some plays and extend the pocket is a good thing to have. But I think pocket passers are more lucrative. Uh, type of quarterback, I think that the most helpful, but the league's moving away from them, and I think they should be moving towards them. I think ultimately, I think we've seen a move away from from that style. I think there's probably a move back. I think they a, need to be. Or yeah. there's an effort to try to figure out how do we blend these two things together, a la what Russell Wilson has worked to achieve, where you know his first choice is to, to pass, yeah. and, and desire is to sit back and pass like a traditional pocket passing quarterback. Um, and then you run when you need to, and be very judicious with how you, you know, how you deploy that particular set of skills. Um, and I think that's ultimately where all these guys have to get to. I think yeah. they come into the league and they make a they make a splash with their ability to use their feet, and defenses don't really know what to do with them. Um, but then they figure it out, and they take away that facet of their game. And if they don't have a traditional quarterback skill set to to uh, lean into, uh, you know, lean back into. Um, then they, they definitely suffer. And if you can, when you can put those two things together effectively, you get a very powerful combination in a single quarterback that I think teams would love to see uh, happen. And I'm sure you'll see that progression with Kyler Murray as well as he uh, works to develop that more traditional skill set to, to partner with his ability to get on down the field and pick up a first down when he needs to. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. I think Mac Jones is that type of guy that's not a like a runner, but he's a pocket passer. I think pocket passers... Well, that's are, what that's are more what, uh, of a, that's what Bill Check loves. Yeah, he's more a pocket. He tried yeah. Cam Newton, didn't really work out. But I think pocket passers are uh, have a better chance of getting the ball into a tight window than a run uh, running quarterback is because a running quarterback has the or just because he's running, just accidentally throws it off his back foot or doesn't get planted or doesn't get on the right platform or something like that, and then they either air mail it or 
it gets it um, they lose their grip on it and it ends up turning it into an interception because they're not on the right platform to throw the ball. So um, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk has uh, has something up. I think this is maybe linked on the site. Is it linked on it's the site uh, about the uh, the new Monday night football schedule? That is coming out, I believe. Okay, so yeah, it'll be on the site here shortly. Uh, but um, ESPN is uh, now going, or sorry, Disney, I guess, because yeah. it'll be across both ESPN and ABC. Um, starting in 23, they're going to have uh, three double headers throughout the season where one game will be televised on ESPN, the other on ABC. Um, our uh, our uh, more um, seasoned listeners will, will note will know that... Uh, ABC used to be the home of, of Monday Night Football for a long time before they moved it over uh, to ESPN, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. So it'll be nice to get, uh, to get some Monday Night Football back on broadcast TV with ABC. Um, but Florio is indicating that you know, this is just the beginning, that ultimately they want you know, two games every Monday night, um, maybe even looking at Wednesday, how they might fit Wednesday into the schedule, looking at you know, up to four play windows on Sunday, looking at Thursday. So the NFL is looking to figure out where they can cram uh, cram games uh, into the schedule as much as they can throughout the week to get a full week. Uh, I'm sure the coaches and players are not are super happy that? about yes. that um, because it definitely uh, creates weirdness um, in the schedule as you try to prepare week to week. And some weeks you have longer times to prepare, shorter times to prepare, all dependent upon when your game falls in the, in the schedule. So... It'll be interesting to see how teams navigate that and, and how uh, coaches and players respond um, as that comes down the, comes down the pike. But uh, as, a, as a fan, I love football. Um, I think I love football being on as much as possible, although I wonder if, you know, as it takes over more and more of the, of the week, uh, will it lose some of its you yeah. know, must-see TV or event, you know, kind of event style TV where it's, it's more scarce throughout the week and so you... Um, look forward to it. Yeah, more. you look forward to it more and don't take it quite quite as for granted. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. And then uh, looking at the uh, the draft order as it stands, I think you alluded to this earlier when you were talking about the fact that Detroit is now not the worst team and and no longer are they in line <laughs> to pick up that number one draft pick. That honor is going to Jacksonville, I guess, second, for the second year, in year in a row. Yeah. Um, and so maybe they could uh, pick up another weapon to go offensively, probably yeah, to go with. Uh, it's with interesting that draft order. If you look at it, it has Eagles three times in the top. Oh yeah, you look at this draft. It's uh, crazy. 20, wait, what is it? 30, uh, Thirty-two. Yeah, the it Eagles. Has the the Eagles have the back to back. Yeah, the Eagles have the eleventh, twelfth, and twenty-third spots thanks to uh, their aggressive trade activities. Uh, I guess this year, last year. Um, and then you've got the Giants with two picks in the in the first round, um, so definitely some teams looking to uh, improve their squads. Uh, Philadelphia, man, three. I number know, one right? Draft it's picks. insane. I don't know how they did that. I mean, maybe they'll even think about trading some of those draft picks and coming down yeah. a little bit. Because why do you need three first round draft choices? Yeah. I mean, because I mean, you could also package and move up. If that's what I'm saying. Like. If you want to package and move up, you can because you have such great spots. But also, you can package and go down. Yeah, exactly. And you could create more drafts, uh, more draft spots for you. And that players, was, you can just pull players in yeah. for draft choices. It's a great situation to have. Three. I don't think I've ever seen them before. Three first round draft choices. Yeah, <laughs> that's nuts. It's a lot. Uh, a lot. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting draft night because the Rams pretty much won't draft in the first few nights at all because they've been trading away all their draft choices to get actual players. We'll see. 
But yeah, I mean, even the Eagles, like I mentioned, they can move around as much as they want because they're winning football games right now, and they have a chance to make it into the playoffs. They're do they're pulling together wins. So if they continue to make wins and make things happen, we might see them uh, try to move back down to the second and third rounds, and then try to get players from teams. Yeah, for take those a page choices. out of John Schneider's playbook and go get a bunch of value in the middle rounds uh, with an outsized number of picks. So. Um, and I don't even know what Philadelphia has in the later rounds in the second and yeah, third round. But that's just the first round. That's but, just the first round. So. And also, like, there's not a clear first-round draft choice this year. Like, no one's talking about, like, Trevor Lawrence. The last few years, there's always yeah. been that one guy. Yeah. We don't really know who's going to go first this round. So it's going to be interesting to see what the, what the Lions think they need and what they want to kind of put together. I mean, we talked about it a little while ago. I think the Lions and the Jaguars are the teams that are geared to success and I think in the next one to two years we're gonna be seeing them turn into teams that have winning records, maybe in playoff contenders, faster than I think the the, the Jets and Houston and those guys, because those guys have some some distance to cover before they'd be turned into something. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what the Lions and the Jaguars do because I think this draft is gonna be a key draft to what happens for these teams in years to follow. I think this is going to be one of the more important ones. So yep. I'm excited for that. Interestingly, also looking at this draft order, I do not see the Seattle Seahawks represented in the first oh, round of course at not. all. No, they're never drafting the first round yeah. anymore. So, and they're, they're, they're in a bit of a situation. So I think, be very the, interesting to see I think they traded with the Jets to get Joel Adams, right? Yeah, and they that's, that's draft really choice. panned out to be one of the worst trades in Seahawks history. So <laughs> um, very interesting. Well, this has been fun. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with me for a few minutes this uh, Christmas week. Listeners, Merry Christmas to you. Um, as we said, no podcast on Friday as we celebrate Christmas Eve. Uh, but we do appreciate you riding along and listening. If you haven't subscribed, please make sure you do that. It's like getting a Christmas present, right? Like, yeah, then the, then the like the podcast just show up, which yes. is awesome. So we appreciate you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. And, and until next time, we'll talk soon. Yeah, see ya. Thanks. God bless. <laughs>